I am your father. This is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. And here we are together again. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs. You are listening to the Established 1984 podcast. I am your host, Brandon Kobe Jacobs. And first of all, I want to take some time out to thank everybody who has taken the opportunity to listen to the podcast, to really take it in. I hope you guys enjoyed that first episode with Keith Kennedy. I was very excited, very enthusiastic about what Keith had to say. And uh, like I said before, we kept it all the way 100. We kept it a buck, whatever you want to say, um, and tried to be honest and transparent about a little bit of everything. But I hope ultimately you guys were educated on some things that maybe you didn't know or maybe some things that you wanted to know. Um, Outside of that right now, man, I'm just enthusiastic about providing you guys with content so that way you can see that this is a quality podcast, something that you can enjoy and appreciate. Um, As always, if you have any suggestions, questions, comments, concerns, you can hit me up in the email, uh, BrandonKobeJacobs at gmail.com. You can always hit me up on Instagram at BrandonKobeJacobs or on Snapchat at BKJEST1984. Brandon Kobe Jacobs established 1984. So um, there's tons of things that are going to be coming into play uh, really soon. I'm going to be taking questions, going live on Instagram, going live on Facebook, all those kinds of things. And I welcome you guys to be a part of the experience because this is as much about you guys as it is about anything that I have conceptualized in my own mind. So um, coming on my next episode on the second episode of the established 1984 podcast, I have the legendary uh a, a person who is a great friend to me, someone who I've admired for a very long time. I'm sure you guys are going to hear a lot of me saying I admire people because I do. Um, we're going to have Grand Prix. Uh, he is currently president of Backdoor Music Group, but uh, I knew him for the last 10 years in a variety of roles, one of which was uh, as a part of my marketing campaign uh, street team uh, for New Blood Entertainment, Watts LLC. Uh, he'll get a, a chance to talk about a variety of subjects going back to new blood entertainment um you know what made him want to kind of get into music and his uh his current role as president of uh backdoor music group so i'm excited to get an opportunity to sit down and talk with an old friend so i hope you guys enjoy it man here it is my interview with mr bammy girl grand prix <laughs> All right, everybody, it's your boy Brandon Kobe Jacobs. Some people know me as BrandonKobeJacobs.com, and of course, Brandon Kobe Jacobs from Facebook, all of those things. You are now listening to the Established 1984 podcast. And even though he wasn't my first guest, he is probably going to be one of my best guests. He is a great friend of mine. We have been friends since, godly, 2005, 2006. I've watched this man uh, move. I've watched him grow. I've watched him go from being a, a rapper with an amazing pen game uh, to go on to, to working records to now being the president of Backdoor Music Group. Um, he's doing amazing things with his uh, with his artist, Young Trout, with all their collection of DJs and just everything that they've got going on. I've got my great friend, Grand Prix, on the line. Grand Prix, how are you? How you doing, brother? How's everything, man? Good, man. I, I can't complain, man. You know, I, I had to find a medium to get myself back in the game because, like I told you, I, w- I knew I wanted to get back in. I wasn't exactly sure how I'd go about it. I knew I didn't want to be up at 2 o'clock in the morning passing out flyers anymore. So um, this is probably one of the best ways for me to get out there with guys like you who I admire, respect, and maybe, you know, the entire world may not know the kind of knowledge base that you have. And, and, and getting an opportunity to just sit down and, and, and chat and have a conversation and, and kind of catch up and at the same time maybe educate people on some of the things that they don't know about the music industry, about the history of Duval, all those kinds of things. Now, I know you've got somewhere you've got to be, so we, we obviously we can't go way, way back to, so when did you fall in love with hip-hop? Like, you know, that, that kind of thing. We, 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 know, we know that you're in love with hip-hop. We know that you graduated from Sandalwood High School in Jacksonville. I have that correct? 
Yes, yes, sir. Uh, okay, okay. You went to the University of North Florida. Also went to Florida A and M, where you got your, uh, where you uh, obtained your undergrad degree. You're also a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. By the way, Keith has some has some comments and some jokes talked about how you guys ran out of gas oh, on okay. one trip and all this kind of stuff. Like he 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 was telling me some stuff, but I had to get to you, so he couldn't tell me everything. But but he did he did bring his he did say hello and extend greetings and things like that and and talk oh, about man, how much he admired you too. I forgot, <laughs> man, I forgot all about that, man. I had to use a uh, we were just on our way out of town to a music conference and it was so crazy, man, because uh, Keith was someone that I looked up to and admired, man, and um, he was finally he was going to take this we were he was going to take the trip with me. And I was like, great, man, I finally got, you know, someone I look up to, and he's going to ride with me. Mm-hmm. And before we could even make it out of Jacksonville, we ran out of gas on Moncrief Road. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is the worst place to run out of gas, dude. <laughs> Moncrief Road, bruh. <laughs> I, had to, um, I had to walk. We walked and got gas. I had to roll up a flyer into a funnel. To put gas in my car. Oh my god, man! Like that, that, that's that's the struggle for real, for real. Like that's like next level struggle, dude. Like I'm so serious. Yeah. So man, So we 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 both come from we both come from Jacksonville. Now, um, you're a South Side guy. I'm a I'm a North Side guy with with family roots out east, things like that. Um, how do you feel like um? From a um from a music standpoint, being a, a Jacksonville native shaped you. Um, very interesting being a Jacksonville native, uh, especially you know it's so crazy just seeing uh, the ages and some of the different um, you know things and changes that happened in in, in Duval, and uh, it's it very much so affected my my lifestyle because I come from a time of. You know, catching the last few years of the of those BCRs, mm-hmm. um, when Spring Bling and you know the the booty music was was so heavy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So one thing that always stuck with me was never losing that Florida, that classic Florida sound um, that made us that man. And, and it was so crazy because one thing was that if you don't know anything about Florida to the people out there, you know you'll have full blown thugs, killers with dreads and gold yeah. that all come on. Big uh Steve the same cat that was probably about to shoot you a second ago set it off or uh, something come on man it, you know what I'm saying? That's just the culture here man. Yeah. You could be you could be a thug and you can still dance and you can still do your thing and then after after you done whooping you can shoot the club up. That's kinda of how it's always yeah, yeah, been. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All in the day's work. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? You whoop the nigga twice, whoop your ass and whoop your nigga whatever. That was classic Duval. <laughs> so uh, the thing about the thing about us and the thing about Duval, I mean you're a little bit I mean, we're actually closer in age, but at the same time we both kind of I, I kind of hit a different kind of era I guess that's just a byproduct of when I got into the industry I got in a little bit after you um, but you got to hit things like uh, like the tail end of T-Birds and um, you know you were you know you know there, there are things that you got to see that I didn't get to see like I, I don't know if you were around for what was it Voodoo Lounge which was downtown when Q was first DJ down there Oh uh, no, no. Let me, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me back you up a little bit more. I'm actually an OG jazz code nigga. Oh, okay, um, <laughs> okay. Jazz <laughs> uh, I actually had, I actually used to hang out with some cats that was older than me in Sandalwood, and um, <clears throat> the cats I used to roll with. We all had, we had a system of how we used to pass ID. So I was sneaking in jazz code at like 17. Wow, that's and then, crazy. And um, then jazz code. Then from Jazzco, I caught Evolution. Only an old school Duval nigga would tell you about Evolution. Yeah, because because that because that, that, that place ain't even there no more. Like they done tore the whole thing down. It used to be a, used thing. to be a Publix, right? It used to be a Publix grocery store. Yeah, so that was that was that was that era. You know what I'm saying? That was peak. Capital T by Evolution. Evolution ain't close. The sun came up. Um, then I caught all the T Birds Stadium Club. I got Stadium Club Thursdays. Um, uh, when when uh, 245 got his start at Club Voodoo and he was playing um, nothing but New York music. Right. And um, at that time, yeah, man, so now, uh, I jumped out probably 
got me around that time. Okay. Now, how does all that? How does all that shape you? Like, I mean, obviously, you had you you kind of had the the desire to be an artist for for a long time. Does that does that kind of culture? Because a lot of people don't fully understand it. Like, for a lot of rappers, and I don't know if this is the the case everywhere, but I know that this is the case for us in Florida. Um, the the club atmosphere, that culture, it shapes the kind of artists that we are. Because a lot of people think, oh. You know the uh, Florida rappers don't really don't really write rhymes like like you know with big metaphors and things like that. It's very much so a byproduct a byproduct of the culture because a lot of what we create is is kind of music that is geared towards stuff that you can dance to. Do you feel like that the culture of the clubs kind of shaped who you were as an artist? Um, definitely so, definitely so. Um, because you know I started out uh, I started out as a poet. And so my roots started there, and that's where, that was, that started me as one type of artist. And initially I started out going to Voodoo, in which they used to have like a lot of battle rapping, playing a lot of New York music, and you know, that and that whole kind of poetry, snap your fingers, bars type of shit goes hand in hand, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, um, but as I continued to be in the club and saw what was actually working and what was, what was going on, and the culture of the club, you know, the, it, it became a situation where you start to look at your environment. Even when you go to New York, and they call it the concrete jungle for a reason. It, it's gloomy. It's dark up there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's cold most of the year. You know what I'm saying? So, so when they rap about stuff, they really do stand on the corner all day and these type of things. But in Florida, you know, broads really do like to shake their ass, and that's what they want to do. And, and for us, one big thing in the South is it's about the beat first, the lyric second, versus you know, of Northeast to be the lyrics first, beat right. second. Right, 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 right. Because there's, there's a lot of amazing Nas records that aren't the best beat selection, but, you know, everybody don't want to hear that Nas didn't have a great ear for beats, but, you know. <laughs> so then what happens is, is once you once you embrace that, you start being led by the beat, and then that starts to make you start to rap up-tempo. And once you start rapping up-tempo, you start thinking, if I'm drunk, I'm in the club, I want this bro to shake our ass, should I be rapping about something so complex the motherfucker has to stop dancing to be like, what the fuck is he talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that, and, and that in itself will then drive you melodically to be a certain type of artist. And that comes from being in the club. Yeah. Slower tempo, and, slower and tempo, and less words, um, more chant right. kind of oriented. And, that, and I think that that's also a byproduct too of kind of the culture of of Florida being a being an extension of the Caribbean, we have so many people from Trinidad, the the Bahamas, Barbados, Jamaica, Haiti, right. things like that, and, and a lot of the, that music is very chant oriented. So I think that it's very much so a byproduct of those things as well. But I agree. But uh, for so you you end up becoming a rapper. Obviously, you went to the University of North Florida. You finished from Florida and M University. And, and you're in the industry now as you're in the industry um golly, I, I guess kind of mid 2000s because I, like i said i don't want to hold you up and we we definitely want to talk about trap and some of the things that he's got going on you and i met what 2006 how did we meet i don't remember <laughs> uh yeah so basically what happened was was while i was at famu um, during my kind of, uh, at the time while I was at FAMU, I dropped two mixtapes. Okay. And uh, while I was dropping those mixtapes, uh, one thing that FAMU does, um, and it hasn't changed to this day, with so many cats from so many different eras, FAMU's like the hustlers of the hustlers. You got motherfuckers selling books, you got people selling candy, mm. you got, like, whatever it is you got to do in Tallahassee, it brings out the A-game in people. Right, 100%. And, uh, while promoting and promoting music, I kept bumping into this cat, you know what I'm saying, where, like, I would be promoting myself and posters and stuff, and anybody that's a promoter knows, you're always trying to get, like, grade A real estate. Like, <laughs> what? I, I need about an eye level on the pole, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you really be like, well, the average person is five foot seven, and if I just put the right steer, like, it's always about who promotes, who has the best spot. Right. And um, what will happen is, is you may wake up one day um, at 12 o'clock for the set. 
and you know the set's gonna run from like 11 to whatever. So you may get up at 10 and try to get this spot. You get up at 10, you see the spot taken. So the next week, I found you, what you do? You get up at 9.30. Right. If it's 10, you get up earlier and you keep getting up earlier. So what happened was, was uh, I kept bumping into this fucking white boy. <laughs> <laughs> I kept bumping into this white boy. I'm like, what the fuck, man? This cat, you know what I'm saying? And so, obviously, that ended up being Roger, mm-hmm. their partner. Yeah. And, um, what happened was, was after after was so, you start to develop that mutual respect for each other. And you and see you each other so fucking much. <laughs> you just stop and talk to and say, look, motherfucker, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Can you take a week off? Like, what, 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 what is? What are we doing? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then it's like, you know, where it's like, look, motherfucker, just give me half of what you got. I'll take half of what I got. Let's just divide this shit down the middle because this is getting crazy. We getting up at 7 in the morning now for some shit that lasts two hours. Like, <laughs> just, you know what I'm saying? Right. It was getting that competitive. And just through mutual respect, he knew I was graduating. So he was like, you know, you going back to Jacksonville. And he was like, yeah. And he started telling me that, man, I got my, my partners there. You know, we got our own company. Because at the time, he was a rep for um, Game Dash Music Group. Right. And I was I was a rep for Universal at the time. Yeah. Right. So he was just like, you know, but we ha- we also have our own company. Um, you go back to Jacksonville, I want to link you. I want to link you with my partner. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, if you work like this, like, y'all, is, you know what I'm saying? This is like, it's like, me, it's like being a part of the 300 and meeting another Spartan or some shit. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know? So, um, from there, he basically just connected the dots, and we, we linked up when I graduated in 2006, and that was pretty much how, how it kind of rolled from there. Okay. And so, we, we, we ended up, and I, I tell everybody who I get an opportunity to, to speak to about this, and I'll talk more about it when, um, when my book about New Blood Entertainment comes out. Um, that'll probably be, probably be at some point next year. I mean, pre we we did a lot of business together, and we did a lot of work together that I think a lot of people didn't know uh, was was us behind the scenes. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to work uh, to work alongside or as a covert agent in a lot of instances with uh, with New Blood Entertainment uh, Jacksonville? Um, I, it was great, man. It was like one of those situations where. You know, we, we, it was like we existed to really just fuck shit up. Um, and, and, and to cause disruption and ripple, um, you know, in, in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, I think it was exactly what was needed. Um, we were able to show people what real street promotion was and, you know, even acquire these accounts by like, by like, force. It was so heavy. It would be like a promotion for one account. We could take one account for one club. And um, the promotion for it be so heavy in the streets that the opposing club had to hire us, too. So it would be to a situation where we're hired by both clubs because we may be in a club parking lot of the wrong, of the other club putting out flyers for the other club. So they pissed, like, how they got out here. And you know how they got out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> promoting your own people at your club so to a point where it's like listen I'll just hire you I'm gonna hire you one to stay off our parking lot with their fucking flyers <laughs> and two just to pass out our shit you know what I'm saying so even though we gonna still was, pass out everybody's <laughs> shit but you know whatever right so it was it was pure disruption um pure you know fuck shit up um and it, it was great man it was great times it was great just being um, young and in a marketplace and really forcing yourself into a system that isn't necessarily friendly to new people. Right, 100%, 100%. I mean, I, I will say, and I, and I mean, I'm, I'm waiting on a response from him because I know how he can be. Um, we, we have a, a, a very solid working relationship right now with uh, everything going on with the Black Alumni Weekend um, at UNF, but... Uh, I'm looking to get Ivory on um, on the show at some point so that we could kind of talk about what that experience of dealing with that chaos that was New Blood Entertainment at the time, what that was like for him from his perspective and, and, and how we uh, benefited and it sometimes negatively impacted what he had going on. Because Lord knows we were we were a very competitive group 
sometimes in a not so healthy way, <laughs> usually as a byproduct of, of me being, uh, as a, I am affectionately known, the resident boss hog. Um, <laughs> I can, I could be a bit much to deal with, but I mean, I mean, we did amazing work together. Um, you put flyers in places where sometimes I wasn't necessarily, uh, invited or welcome and, amazing things would happen like new blood flies would just magically fucking appear in places so they're they're, they're yeah man <laughs> it was, well uh, it was it was it was it was great man to uh, you know really have one thing that i'm very much so a advocate of is having these systems and these machines that people can't quite figure out how they operate um you know, that was one of multiple experiences that I've had with that. And I, and, and that was probably maybe one of my earlier experiences with it. So I can't say at that time, by grand design, I knew that was, you know, what it, what it was. But right. it would be situations where, you know, you couldn't get in a club, but nobody knew that I was working with you so closely. And I would go in the club with the flyers in my pocket. And they wouldn't know how the flyers got in the club. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um... And it would just it would just be hilarious watching these people kind of head spin, trying to scratch their head and, and figure it out. And I, I actually love stuff like that. And now that in my more wise self, I, I structure a lot of things with layers like that because not only for competitors but for copycatters, it makes it a lot more difficult for people to figure out the intricacies and how you built what you built. Right, right, hundred percent, man. I mean. I, I I a lot of people try to give me credit and I appreciate it. I mean, I'm I'm happy to have cuz there are a lot of people that I've talked to who say that I helped them in some positive way and and I'm I'm happy that I was able to do that for some people. But um what I'm even more happy to see is when I see people like you doing amazing work and taking uh what little I did and and um and taking it to the next level. And you've definitely done that with with Young Trap and with uh with Backdoor Music Group. Now, can you talk a little bit about um how Backdoor starts, uh, what it what it comes from, and then how it well, I guess how you go from I guess is it just Young Trap? Does it start with Young Trap, or does it start somewhere else and then grow into uh, being something that represents Young Trap? Can you kind of talk about how that that evolved? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, backdoor music really came from um, a situation where, I mean, the initial name was a joke. You know what I'm saying? It started with a legendary mixtape that came with uh, TJ the DJ and um, DJ Pretty Ricky. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> but the initial, prior to that, the musical aspect came from me um, becoming really frustrated as an artist. Um, I was very frustrated with, you know, the city, kind of the politics, different things that were and weren't happening. I felt like I was doing a lot of the right things, but not getting um, the looks that I felt like I deserved. And uh, here is this guy um, who's DJing all these different demographics that I kind of mentored in high school. Like, I was this big homie, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. As far as, you know, being on my step team, I was the president of the step team. He was a freshman on my step team, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So he was like, all like, do boy, you know what I'm saying? Not our do boy, but it's like you're a freshman, you know what I'm saying? Right, I know. You do what we tell you to So, um, you know, and when I came back from FAMU, Rick had the city on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the amount of things he's DJing, um, the crowds and the styles, and I felt like he didn't know what he was he was sitting on gold and didn't know it. Yeah, at first um, he was so at I, first he was very much so kind of like a personality. Before he's a DJ, right. he's a he's a personality. I'm talking about in the Cafe Bolero's days when he's doing things like DJing team parties and stuff like that. And a lot of people, I will say this too, just kind of as a caveat, a lot of guys want to go from, from the hood to the penthouse in this, in this music shit. And it don't work that way. When you, when you look at pretty Ricky, when you look at grand prix, hell, when you look at ivory Orr, it didn't, they didn't go into from, you know, they mama house to, to drive in the white Cadillac, uh, Cadillac EXT truck, or, you know, being the president of Backdoor Music and, and having a relationship with Def Jam or in Pretty Ricky's case, go from, you know, mom's house or, or whatever or whatever the case might be to to DJing in front of thousands of thousands of people. It it definitely didn't work that way. It starts with 
you know, the, the, the teen parties and those teen parties turning into college parties and those college parties turning into grown folks nights, which turn into general right. nights. And before you know it, you, right. you there's these partnerships and stuff like that. So for those that are listening, right. don't think that this shit just happens overnight because it don't. But go ahead. Well, let me put, let me put some time to deal with it just to help because I, I guess I didn't give you any dates per se to kind of go along with that. Um, this time when we started Backdoor Music, uh, it was 2009 going into 2010. Right. Uh, Trap just signed in May uh, 2016. So Backdoor Music has been around eight years. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> and that was and that was when Backdoor Music formed. I was I graduated from Fam. When I said this whole time of me coming back and dealing with you and all that, that was 2006. Mm-hmm. So that gives you a timetable of how long this was. But one thing that kind of happened with this situation with background music, when I came back from Tallahassee, I felt like I knew a lot about the music game due to some of the mentors and people that I acquired that were able to give me knowledge and, and, and um, educate me uh, on the game. Right. Um, two key people, I would say, that I acquired back then was TJ Chapman and Wendy Day. Um, Love Wendy Day. Love Wendy Day. Yeah. Man. She's... She's an amazing so, human being. Uh, you know, I just man, I just got through um, talking about TJ with Keith, and you know, I, I don't want to vomit again. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so we'll, we'll leave TJ where it's at. But both of those people um, gave me so much insight. And what happened was, was I came back to Jacksonville, felt like I had a lot to offer this and a lot to uh, you know um, offer the game in general here in Jacksonville because I had just came from Tallahassee and being in the office and seeing Rick Roth sign his deal with Hustler. He made that. I was in Tallahassee going through TJ's DJ. I met him when he performed that. I seen him jockey his deal. I was in Tallahassee when T-Pain came out with him sprung. Mm-hmm. I was in Tallahassee um, with Pitbull excuse me, got his deal. Pretty Ricky got their deal. That's five record deals out of Florida. Right. And um, I got to see some of this from the back office side, not the musical side, but sitting in the office and hearing conversations um, about the marketing and how is it going. And he's got a hit, but he doesn't know how to perform the record. Um, this person is, you know what I'm saying? So I got to see a lot of these things. And um, it was interesting because one, one side note that a lot of people don't know is Although I was rapping, when I was going to uh, the office at TJ's DJ's, I never told TJ I was a rapper. Hmm. He thought I was just a business intern. Right. So what happens is, is anybody that's been around artists would tell you, when there's an artist in the room, the conversation kind of changes because people don't like to openly talk around artists. Like they kind of, you know, you don't... You right, don't, right, right. I you know what you mean. They, 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 they feel like artists are fishing for their opportunity. Um, so, so some of the information that is, you know, essentially gold for an artist as far as its value and understanding how the people who make the decisions to sign them think, um, sometimes aren't had around artists for that exact reason. I feel you. Right. Right. And sometimes the problem is artists don't possess the capability to digest the material, um, and not be biased because each song is like a child. So when you tell somebody their song is trash, it's like telling someone a child is ugly. Right, right. I totally agree. I totally and, agree. And take it to heart just like that. So even when they just talk about artists and stuff, they just tend to not be brutally, um, you know, stick it to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But just talk openly. Just talk openly. So it's not even about the artist's music who they're talking to is just talking about artists and promotions in general. The conversations is different when you're talking to a business person. So, um, long story short, came out of Jacksonville. I was telling people I felt like I knew a lot about the game, couldn't get anybody to believe me or to, you know, see the value of what I was talking about. But um, DJ Puerto Ricky believed, and um, he believed. And that same year, I went seeing MGZ, came out with a song called Damn It, uh, which got really, really popular. And that same year that Bama Girl made me one of the most popular artists in the city, I met a 17-year-old. He walked up to me at a music conference that was held downtown. And he said, hey, my name is Travis. You know, my um, people call me on trap. I had this CD and this song. It was it was a normal blank CD with, with Marco in on it. Oh yeah, we used to hate and those. Like that, that that that's the one thing that if you if you came from uh, from TJ Chapman's uh, elk from his tree, 
the one thing that they always told us, and Bigger probably said the same thing too, is you know, you know, try to present your stuff in the best way possible. Because to your point, as far as like your music being like your child, you don't want you don't want your child going out in, in rags and stuff like that. So we always we always try to encourage people to, if, and people don't really do this no more. I don't think because you can send everything MP3, but we encourage people to. You know, put a put a cover on your uh, on your CD. You know what I'm saying? Put a yeah, put the little the little sticker print and all that kind of stuff on there. Yeah, get it get it done right. Get it done right. You know what I'm saying? Um, cheap, shameless plug, free promotion. But RD Music here, I know for a fact there's you know there's a ton of people that do them nowadays. Um, outside of that, honestly, you're really kind of past that. If you got the money, um, you probably be better now to invest in jump drives yeah. and just. There was a whole lot of throw shit at the wall and see if it sticks. I mean, you're talking about inundating people with MySpace posts over and over and over again. We we had to dedicate people. You're I don't know if you were around when we did the uh, the Duval Diamond Awards and we had to go into UNF uh, the UNF Computer Lab and vote on every computer. Like it was just so fucking much, dude. Like, <laughs> but to your point, seventeen. You meet seventeen-year-old young trap in two thousand and nine, and he hands you the CD. And what happens next? Um, he has this on top of the line on it. Um, oh, wait a minute! Top of the line was on that. Yeah. God, that man, that boy was sitting on gold at seventeen years old. <laughs> his very first, his very first CD had top of the line on it. Oh my god! Um, in in, in oh, pretty much the same version as it was when it comes out in, um, on his birthday in two thousand and ten. The exact same version. I've never seen an artist. One, this goes back to one thing I'll say. This goes back to, although the CD was handwritten, the very first song Trap ever put out was mixed and mastered. Yeah, I respect that. Golly, that's amazing. That's unbelievable. Mixed and mastered properly. Mixed and mastered properly. Um, it was Radio Rant, first song he did. Go figure. Um... <laughs> So at that point in time, he he himself had found a creative way to get himself in the game. So he also was kind of of that same culture that we have talked about. So what he did was to get himself in the game. He started to um, to get himself in the game. He started. He volunteered to pass out flyers. And so what he was doing was he was passing out flyers um, to get in the club. Because he was actually underage. Right. So he knew if he worked for the club, he'd be able to get in the club. So he had that going at the same time. And at that point in time, I convinced Ricky to um, get into the music and that we could really cause some hell. And um, he believed me. And at that point, they dropped the Backdoor Music mixtape, which was the first mixtape with him and TJ DJ. And that mixtape set Jackson on fire. Okay. It had... It had the records that people still play that was on that mixtape. It had um, Got Fire was on that mixtape. Um, let me see. Uh, Clap of Dives was on that mixtape. Um, all of these songs, Baby Girl was on that mixtape. There was Super Chino record. All these songs had no club spins in Jacksonville before that mixtape. That's crazy, man. So, I mean, um, so it was uh so what is his what is trap's first project that really like blows is it is it seven uh seven fourteen ten because that's the one that that's the one that stands out to me i mean first of all i i just as as an aside i do have to give you all the credit in the world for bandit girl um i we all know who she is um you know and i think you'll know who i'm talking about but you know who who changed my life in so many ways both positively and negatively Loved Bamit Girl. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like, she she would play it all the time in my car. Like, I mean, she's the one. Me and you are, are damn near, like, joined at the hip at this point. And even still, I mean, like, she's like, yo, have you heard Bamit Girl? And I hadn't heard it yet. So, I, you didn't put me on Bamit Girl. She put me on Bamit Girl. We were out on a date one day. And as we were going to Daytona, she put me on the Bamit Girl. So, Bamit Girl was the... uh 
it is very much so one of those songs that kind of is uh it makes me reflect and reminisce positively on that relationship so i thank you for that <laughs> definitely definitely well one thing i'll tell you i mean this is just a music tidbit for anybody that is uh music and test music um your barometer of if you have a hit the, the women will tell you women and kids will tell you if you have a hit 100 mm-hmm. <laughs> percent the problem is music makes up and call their homeboys over and get drunk and, and listen to the song and determine and think they got a hit because they're rapping about all kind of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Women and kids drive the music industry. Women are who buys the records. They're who buy the tickets. The kids are who make the guesses. The kids you just want to be mannequin time and shit. None of this is made by Right. <laughs> so, this isn't even a nick. This is a man, woman, kid thing. Right. Women drive the industry. 100%. And um, so what happens is, is when you have a record and it hits with the women, you've got some. You've got some. Right. So and it happened with Trap. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so to your point, it did happen with Trap. 71410 is released. And man, like. I, I tell anybody who, who listens, like, if you want to know what it's like to hear, I, I mean, we've had so many guys who, who have had a degree of success. Um, you know, I, I, you know, you know how much I admire and respect uh, Cash and you know how much I admire and respect Shout Out and Super Chino and T-Rone. I think that when I think of Trap, um, in a lot of ways, what trap represents is is kind of the best of all of them. Um, and, and he and it was and it was just go back and listen to that first mixtape because it's not one of those things that like you know how like sometimes people talk about music and they talk about it with this sort of sort of uh, folklore that doesn't really exist when you listen to it. No, if you listen to seven fourteen ten, you will feel exactly what we felt in two thousand and ten. Is that fair to say? Okay. I agree. I think um, he the cinema captured what it was like to be from that at that time. That makes it that it's in my back. Four loco. Mm-hmm. Four loco. Niggas in Jacksonville comment now, niggas was drunk for loco. Heavy. Loco, y'all are the check. Don't fucking play with me. I'm coming for you. And I won't give you three other songs. Come on, please. Right. We had the whole city where Willie Boston. Yeah, shout out to William Boston who has done some amazing work over the years. He doesn't get enough credit for his impact on on the clothing industry in in jacksonville and really in florida like he he is a a cultural innovator in that regard and i think that he doesn't quite get all of the credit that he deserves so yeah absolutely so i guess my question is because one person that you know that i admire tremendously is is ivory Orr uh from point blank entertainment now crown capital now ivory i and you've heard me say this before and we've talked about it in the past and i I don't i don't want to keep you know because i know you got somewhere you got to be too um, Ivory is an amazing rapper, like it, like exceptionally, like um, like in a way that 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 is ridiculously unique, given the fact that that he that's not what he does, you know, as his profession. How do you get if him on that record? Bar for bar or battle rapping, or just bar for bar. Ivory always one of the top probably three rappers in the city in the last uh, ten to ten years. Yeah, like I, ten years. I agree a hundred percent. How do y'all get him on a record with with this young man? So, um, Ivory is a an artist is an artist at heart. So don't get this bit. Even though I haven't dropped the project in forever, Ivory, you know, hadn't dropped the project in forever. An artist is still an artist. And what happens is when artists hear music, they get inspired. But you know, last week. Bro, not last week, two days ago. You don't think I listened to J. Cole and felt like getting back in the booth? <laughs> <laughs> I listened to that J. Cole and I almost picked up the mic and plugged it in, man. Like, it's, it's in the heart. They never the way it doesn't change. You know, 
trap, going back to what you said, representing the best of both worlds, trap brings this kind of, he has wisdom and simplicity. He has, it's complex, but it's simple, but the beats are banging. And it, it makes you feel like, it gives you that, damn, what the hell? I didn't just say that. Like, is it, is it, was it, I think he, you know, and um, after he, I think it gave Ivory a release. Just a, um, hey man, come 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 get in his booth and dance. At the end of the day, Ivory started promoting to fund his music. Right. And um, I'm, I'm very, in every track, it was like, after we actually had like a two or three year run, where each year we got a, a verse from Ivory. So it was kind of like, hey, Ivory, come get in the booth. Now we still fuck with Ivory. I won't be surprised if we can get him in the booth to get dust off the mic for him. Um, <laughs> because he's talented. I mean, he's talented and he gives that outlet just to, you know, get your rocks off, see if you still got it. Um, Chad, we had a few records later as he came out where even though I didn't release records, like I'm on a record called Party, you're on a record called Middle of the Club, where it was just like, man, just it's just good to be back in the booth. To, I'm home, baby. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and the, Ivory has the type of talent that doesn't go away with time. Mm-hmm. Ivory could wake up right now and out-rap 95% of the rappers in Jacksonville, and I bet I bet the, the mortgage on it. Right. There's and, no doubt in my mind. If, I mean, I mean, I... I've, I if you ever get an opportunity, and this is for my listeners out there, if you ever get an opportunity, um, there is a record on um, on Shoutout's 1510 project uh, that came out in 2009. It had Shoutout, Nephew, Sword, and Ivory. And oh my God, Ivory ripped that shit. Like, I mean, like it was... You know, it was one of the one of the best verses that I've heard in a long time, and it sticks with me to this day. It's one of those things that it's in my it's in my car now that I listen to, along with all of the Young Trap uh, seven fourteen insert New Year mixtapes that that have come out over the years. So so Trap now is a uh, is signed to uh, signed to Def Jam. How has uh how has life changed for you guys? Has it changed at all, or have are things pretty much as they were before? Nah, life has definitely changed for me, man. Um, I would say, uh, first of all, shout out to uh, Stevie Stacks Entertainment. Um, you know what I'm saying? That's our, our uh, co-label with Def Jam, you know what I'm saying? And um, he was definitely very key in, in, the, in, the power, in the situation as well. So I just want to make sure that he shouted out as well. Um, life, man, I have traveled to more places and taken more flights in the last six months, man, that someone will their entire lifetime, I guarantee you. Right. Um, as far as life has changed, it's, uh, I've been exposed to so many cultures, man, uh, different places, man. I mean, uh, I, I found out about uh, Gus, Gus Chicken from Memphis. Never had it before. Had no clue. <laughs> I've, I never ate a cookout before, but you don't see a cookout until you get to Florida, Georgia. There is no cookout in, right. in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, go to Baltimore, receive, never, you know what I mean? Just all these places, their lingo, their, their lifestyle, you know, give me an example. We went to Baltimore, bro, and I, I mean, everybody watches The Wire. You know what I'm saying? You watch The Wire, you side, whoop-de-woo, oh, that shit crazy. Bro, i never seen a place that was so kind of dreary, bro, like kind of sad, like yeah. it really had all the bandos and it was really gloomy and it was really, like I understand why some of this shit go down there now. When you go there and you see it, you're like, damn, That's this shit fucked up. Right, but at the same time, you're experiencing all of these, all of these different cultures because I mean... I mean that's the thing about about the hood. The hood is the hood everywhere, but everybody has different lingo, different things that they gravitate towards, things that make them inherently them. They're like to your point, there's things that make Memphis inherently Memphis. There's things that make Duval inherently Duval, just like there are things that make Overtown in, you know, South Florida inherently Overtown. They're still the hood. But but there's there's right. things about them like yo have you checked out this little hood spot or have you been to this restaurant you know what I'm saying and, and you know from L A right. to to L A to Baltimore to right. your point like that there's there's right. a lot of that there so I mean so right now well, go ahead well I was gonna say your fundamentals don't change 
Right. I'm saying your fundamentals are your fundamentals, which are we are black, we are oppressed, it's crazy, and nobody gives a fuck about the black man. It's still those things are universal. Um, but from culture to culture, how we deal with those things and how we, um, you know, the things we use to get by are different. So when you're on the West Coast, yeah, they may drink a 40 and hit a fat burger. But when you go to the East Coast uh, in Baltimore, they may still only drink, you know, whatever. Like I, my, my, my partners up in New York that I met, they can't drink Avion. They, they fuck with the Avion Heavy. They don't really drink as much um, Patron or Hennessy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or it's just, it, and so how you cope with it and, and, and what a ratchet in your neighborhood may look different than a ratchet in my neighborhood. Is she still a ratchet? Yeah, a ratchet's a ratchet. Right. <laughs> but, but the package from neighborhood to neighborhood is, is different. Definitely. So um, other than that, you know, life has changed for me. Um, it's been very humbling in a sense of, you know, as as well as we've done, when you get outside of Jacksonville, you also see how much more work there is to be do. done for yourself. Right. Um, for the culture, how much more I have to learn, how many more people have accomplished more than what I have, even at a younger age. And so there's, there's a lot that happens when you get to, that's attached to traveling and things that I've seen in the last six months and my life has changed. Okay. Um, what is what is what, what, so what what projects does this trap currently have working? Uh, is there an album? Uh, is there an album coming? What what's going on with trap right now? Okay, so um, Def Jam just released their first ever compilation album, which was called Direct Deposit, um, and uh, Trap was blessed to have a song on that. Um, I'm very appreciative of that, and, and and appreciate Def Jam for being behind us because there's only twelve songs on the CD, but Some of that in Brandon Kobe Jacobs at gmail.com, please. Brandon Kobe Jacobs at gmail.com. I need that in my, my email at some point, please. <laughs> yeah, the music. Absolutely. 100%. I'll, 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 send, you, I'll, send, you, uh, I'll send you what I can. I'll okay. send you some records. I'll fair send enough. you some records. Fair enough. Fair enough. And we'll, we'll work on getting those out. Well, Grand Prix, I, I want to thank you because I know you've got to get going and, and you had somewhere that you had to be coming up soon. But before I let you go, man, um, did the same thing with Keith. I want to do it with you. There are a couple of questions that I want to ask you before I let you go. And then, of course, after you answer those, then you can go ahead and you can give everybody where they can reach you, contact you, all that kind of all that kind of stuff. So first question is, who provided you with the greatest piece of advice in your life? And what was that advice? It can be it can be current. That's cool. Just something that's sticking in your mind greatest, right now. No, I would say the greatest piece of advice. I wouldn't say it was a specific person because I can't remember who it was. But I would say just kind of being online and throughout my process. Um, one piece of advice that stuck with me was just about life hates you, and that life is a constant process. And um, once you really believe in yourself and believe in your own capabilities, um, you will just see life as just a series of challenges that is always challenging you that you can and will beat should you not quit. Okay. Second question. Most slept on artist in your opinion, not named Young Trap. From Jacksonville? 
Doesn't have to be. Um, slept on artist. Slept on artist. Slept on artist. Um. Wow, that's a good question. I gotta drop a few people. Okay. Right, if it right right now currently, um, from Jacksonville, I would probably say maybe Bo Gunner and Ronnie Dozier. Okay, I'm gonna have to um, check them out. Overall, though, over the last ten years from Jacksonville, has to be four. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. People. And he's gotten a lot of do, but for the level of talent that he possesses, for what it is, I would say he's probably the most level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I I'm not just I don't just admire Schwartz's music. I'm a, I'm a fan of of what he represents because I mean, and and everybody who knows me knows that like I'm a huge. Tupac fan. I own all of his books. I own his poetry books. I, I can recite most of his music backwards and forwards. Um, and Swartz doesn't sound like him as far as his delivery, but there's just something about him that is reminiscent of that. Um, and I, you know, I, I guess that has always had made me kind of draw towards his music. You know, it ain't. It's not necessarily the club music, but but it does leave a mar- an indelible mark on you. It definitely does. So number three, uh, who's a person in the industry that you admire and why? Hmm. I would say E class. Um. I think with what he was able to do um, and the way that he was able to structure Pole Boy and for his longevity in the game, I think he is our, he is the Florida version of like the Master P and people don't acknowledge that enough. And when I say that, people don't realize he was a Ross original manager, you know, um, for what he was able to do with that, what he was able to do with Flow Rider. Like these people are still in the game and these people are 15 years in. Yeah, I mean, that's you know? that's similar to, like, um, Jermaine Dupree here in Atlanta. Like, doesn't get enough credit, yeah. Yeah. So, it's like, Po' Boy and E-Class, for what they brought and what they did for Florida music, um, I just admire the way he was able to structure his company. He's um, like the people who signed him as a label. Most people who signed him as a management. Um, he's still eating on people today um, at our no longer... With him, but financially, I'm very much so affiliated with him. So I would say, and I'm very much so with other business. You know, uh, he owns the original finger licking. Oh, okay. Yeah, original guy. So, um, DJ Kelly just opened the second finger licking. But the original finger licking, now people, when they talk about Miami, they talk about finger licking. Okay. E Cloud owns that finger the one right on Carroll City, uh, Opalaka. Okay. That's his. Oh, wow. But, but, Top of that picture on game, the parking lot behind that where you park at, he owns that too. <laughs> and, and the billboard that's right in front of it, in front of all finger liquor you pull up, he owns that too. <laughs> Make a little bit of that, money that, off that, of everything. Like keep a keep a hustle that that's gonna keep you a revenue stream going in, you know. Come on, man. Come on, bro. Yeah, a lot of folks don't think. A lot of folks don't think about things like that. A lot of a lot of folks don't understand that there are the guys who are really successful own businesses that you don't even think about, like parking lots. Um, you know, right? Yeah. You, bought, you bought the you bought the spot and then bought the parking lot behind it just so a motherfucker can't come on, bro. And you own so just so the business. He thought about it. She was like the business that's showing attention on my brain. I know someone's gonna try to get. I'm gonna stand in front of my head. I'm gonna buy the billboard now. Right. All right. Come on. <laughs> well, so my final question to you, and get in the space where your uh, where your phone's working, because we've had a little bit of feedback, but I've been able to get most of you. Um, and for this final question that I have for you, if you had to write the words that were going to be on your tombstone, the words that are going to define how you as Grand Prix Jonathan Johnson uh, is remembered, what do you want those words to say? I did it my way. Fair I enough. did it my way. Fair enough. 
definition of backdoor music. Nobody was able to define what we did. Can nobody stop it? And um, we were unblackable. We overcame everything. But we're still here. And you did it your way. Grand Prix, I want to thank you for your time, man. Before you go, why don't you go ahead and drop um, how people can reach you, projects that you guys got work or that you're working on, websites, y'all, all that, all that promo stuff that we that we've been so good at over the years. Definitely. All right. Um you can follow me on all of my socials that all the same. It is Grand Prix Music. G-R-A-N-D-P-R-I-X music. Um you know what I'm saying? Also follow Young Trap, uh, Trap Beckham, T-R-A-P-B-E-C-K-H-A-M on his Instagram. Um, same thing, but with an underscore on the Twitter. And, um, you know, look out for that direct deposit. We got the Going Down video drop it. Um, we got Good Times and good, a dope record that's coming out on top of that. Birthday bitch is growing. Um, DJs, don't get back to music. It's a brand. It's a culture. So I'm definitely still looking uh, for people that may want to be a part of that, especially DJs. Um, that's important. We'll have a future conversation about that because we didn't get into the breakdown of backdoor music. Right. Um, let me see. What else? What else? Other than that, man, I'm not hard to find. You know, reach out to me. Anybody that has questions for me, you know, I'm definitely open to answering questions and things of that nature. Um, you know, if I got to apply. I got a guy that will get consultation fee. Um, <laughs> gotta get that money, that consultation yeah. fee, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's almost that time, my guy. It's almost that time. So I'm going to start getting into some other things. And uh, I'm going to be running As of right now, to answer this question, I am not necessarily looking for new talent to manage. However, I do listen to all music and I am open to develop relationships. And, um, other artists, other managers. I love to talk industry, so if you have questions, you know, send them over. And um, that's it, man. All right, man. Grand Prix. I want to thank you again so much, man. It's been a pleasure. We definitely have to do this again, much like I will have to get with uh get with Keith again. So we'll be excited to 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 get with you guys, and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh what Young Trap has going on. And make sure you tell your boy uh your boy Pretty Ricky that I am looking for him. He got to get on this show. Cause we got tons of stuff to talk about. So. Okay. So we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely get together on that. So appreciate you, Grand Prix. And so there you have it, man. The second episode is in the books, man. This is crazy. Two episodes in one week. I gotta be a bad motherfucker to be doing shit. Two episodes in two episodes in one week. That's crazy. It's unbelievable. Like, oh, what did Donald Trump say? It's, it's unbelievable. It's that's what it is. It's unbelievable. But um, yeah, man, it's gonna be. Uh, I'm excited to be bringing it to you. I'm not one of those people that's going to try to hold content. I'm gonna put it out for the world, and hopefully, you guys just. Listen to it in the sequence that is created and, and you enjoy it and you are able to take it all in. I'm going to continue to do interviews. I'm going to continue to, to talk to people. I'm going to continue to give my perspective. Um, once again, like I said before, thank you for all the continued support. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you got any topics that you want me to talk about, you can email me at brandonkobejacobs at gmail.com or brandonkobejacobs at yahoo.com. You can hit me up on Instagram at brandonkobejacobs, on Snapchat at bkjest1984. You can drop me a line on Facebook. Just type in Brandon Kobe Jacobs. Uh, brandonkobejacobs.com will be back up and running within the month. That's something that I know is down right now uh, a lot of people i'm transitioning my website to a um out of a blog format to a more traditional website so you're going to get to see that uh on a popping another project that i'm working on that i want to promote and let everybody know about is the first uh unf black alumni weekend that will be february 10th through the 12th uh if you get an opportunity to register you can register at eventbrite if you have not already done so um we do have t-shirts on sale um feel free to hit me up on facebook i'll shoot you the 
link. You can purchase t-shirts for the first ever UNF Black Alumni Weekend. We're excited about what we're doing. All funds we're raising are going back to the uh, Alumni Association. We're doing that in the effort to try to build a rapport so that they see the, the value in uh, an African-American alumni and African-American students so that we can engage them in conversation in an attempt to better the climate for uh, African-Americans and my black and brown people in general on campus and also help create uh, avenues and, uh, and, and circumstances that can be put in place to benefit uh, alumni after they graduate through the university. So if you have any questions, any comments or concerns, you can hit me up on all of those social media platforms on the email. Um, hell, shoot me a motherfucking carrier pigeon, man. I'll catch that bitch out the sky. You dig? Until then, man, I am your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs. You are now listening to the Established 1984 podcast.